This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, your host and a reporter with SB Live. The playoffs are here. We record this on the eve of the first round as teams across the state, 4A down to 1B, get set to take on their opponents for the first time in two years. Joining me is a senior reporter with SB Live, the pride and prodigal son of Tacoma. And depending on the week, he's either your pal and mine or he's nobody's pal. Todd Millis, which is it this week? Man, I'm in a good mood, man. I, Andy, I, I did. I guess I didn't realize it until you what you said in the opening here. It, it had been a long time since I looked at a state bracket. Like, I, I thought about that this week when I was going through, and we're obviously in the middle of doing our our bracket breakdowns for each classification uh, right up till probably kickoff here tomorrow on Friday night. Um, but it, I just, I thought about that when I was looking at the, the bracket and I go, it's kind of nice to look at, you know, a quarter bracket and watch and see four teams and where they're playing and knowing that there's going to be teams that advance and we're going to play a state championship. It's just a reminder that we're in a, we're in a big, we're in a big boy tournament now, Andy. It's, it's kind of nice. Well, we're playing for something. Uh, and you know, we have real, real games, uh, to, to break down. We have real teams to dissect, uh, and and in all our conversations with coaches this week and and players and and the likes, you know, I had that thought too, Todd. It's like, I mean, how many days over the past year and a half did we sit here twiddling our thumbs, you know, hoping for, for this, this to come back. I mean, I can remember like, this is, this is the first Washington high school state. Uh, state anything we've covered since since that state basketball tournament in, in 2020 that, that that barely got off before the world shut down because uh, of uh, COVID-19. So uh, that that feels like 10 years ago. I know it was only a couple years ago, but I think it's important uh, to to appreciate everything that that, you know, the world has been through, everything that, that you guys have endured, everything that athletes and parents uh, have had to, uh, you know, undergo over the last year and a half, being kept off the field, being kept away from opportunities. Here we are. It's November 2021. We're playing playoff football. Yeah, it's a little different looking at a WIA state football bracket and a Metro League, you know, football bracket or a, a 2B Southwest District uh, football bracket in the spring, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let's get to, let's get to some games here in each of these classifications and, and let's shock the world with some of our picks. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, uh, how many people will be really shocking with any of these picks, but you know, anytime you make a pick, you piss off, uh, half of the audience uh, of that game. So, uh, let's dive into it. How about this? Of course, is our predictions podcast where we give you our pickums and, and a little bit of breakdown of all the matchups here for the weekend. Of course, every Sunday, Todd and I record uh, a podcast that kind of breaks down what we saw and where we were in the previous week of games. Um, this weekend, SB Live is going to be all over the place. Uh, you know, Todd, we were just going over our budget for this weekend and, and where our freelancers are going to be, our, our great correspondents around the state, where you're going to be, where I'm going to be. I'm packing my bags. I'm hitting I-5 North. I've got Haley Palmer has sent me breakfast and lunch recommendations. Whatcom County, Bellingham, I am coming for you. Four games this weekend. Uh, teams touching uh, a lot of corners of this state, Todd. Before we jump into our predictions, uh, where where are you going to be? 
Well, I'm, I'm going to be out of the rain Friday night and uh, monitoring from afar. But Saturday, I'm going to go. Chicken. I'm going to get my first look this fall at, at Colton Bauer at uh, North Kitsap, a, a viable um, Class 2A State Player of the Year candidate. Uh, the number two uh, North Kitsap Vikings hosting Shadle Park. Uh, watch Jim Mesa's group play the uh, 2A, uh, two-time 2A GSL champions after being um, in 3A for so many years. So I uh, get to see a couple of teams that I haven't seen before. So looking forward to it. Uh, I counted our budget. I think we're going to be touching on 15 games this weekend, Andy. So I hope our uh, readers, viewers, listeners, um, just giving you, just letting you guys know, we're going to be at a lot of different uh, points, a lot of different parts of the state this weekend. We're looking forward to it. No question. Uh, you'll find all of that coverage on the website scorebooklive.com/slash/Washington, as well as the SB Live Sports app. Uh, I say this every week, but it bears mentioning now. If you haven't downloaded the SB Live Sports app, um, I highly recommend it. Uh, just giving it a go. It's free. It's really easy to use. You can tailor it to the schools that you like and you want to follow. You can read all of Todd and my work throughout the week, whether it's uh, podcasts like this, whether it's bracket breakdowns, uh, and whether it's you know rankings or or you know some takeout features. We've uh, we've written and taken kind of a step back and a closer look at, at athletes and their stories. So uh, that's your number one source for high school sports news and information across the state of Washington. Uh, and hey, if you're listening to this and you care about another state more than Washington, SB, SB Live is, is nationwide, baby. Come on. Come on. That's right, man. Idaho's in their state semifinals. So is Montana. Oregon's about the same uh, point of their season as Washington. Uh, we, we cover the South. We cover the West. We cover the East Coast. Uh, we're moving and shaking, baby. Moving and shaking. Let's jump in. Right at the top with the big schools, starting with 4A. I think uh, on our Sunday podcast, we started with 1B, so I'll just reverse this. But we're going to just go go matchup by matchup and, and break it down a little bit, not go too deep into it because there's obviously a lot of matchups to break down. But if you want more uh, and, and want to more learn more about these games, uh, go to the site. I'll link them in the show notes. Uh, we have full bracket breakdowns of every single matchup across the state this week. Uh, stats storylines, information, and everything. So starting at the 4A level, uh, in Spokane, number 11, Moses Lake hits the road. Big nine champs take on the GSL champs, number six, Gonzaga Prep. Bullpups sit there at 10-0, and 0, Todd. What are you seeing in this game? I like Brett Jay and his, his ability to adjust on the fly. Uh, he'll go five wide. He'll go, you know, three tight, uh, double, be- uh, you know, uh, tight formations with two back. But until you see Ryan McKenna up close and have to face him, it's a it's a whole new experience. Bullpups win at home. How many touchdowns for Ryan McKenna? No, I, I mean, what, what what what's the margin you predict here? Because you know Gonzaga Prep. I mean, outside of Mount Spokane, like the Big Nine, and we should set the stage here. I think it's a big deal for this for this Moses Lake team to be an 11 seed. Uh, Eastmont is in there at a 15 seed, the number two out of the big nine. But this is a league that year in and year out has just not performed well at the statewide level. Uh, this is a Moses Lake team that had one win each of the last couple seasons. And this is a, a, a team that had a brand new coach come in after a shortened spring season 
it's about six, five, six months after every, you know, program would like to have their head, you know, if they're making a coaching change, would like to have that wrapped up and has taken this team to an undefeated league record. They've played two Kinko teams. I mean, this is a team that I did this most like story this season. I, I don't want it to go unnoticed because it's, you know, it's pretty incredible. As, as you said, schematically, Brett Jay garners a lot of respect. Uh, and, and this is a community that has won in the past that has all the bones and the structure to win at the statewide level. Is it going to be this year or, or does Moses Lake, uh, is this kind of a sign of what may be to come in the Brett J era there? Well, don't you want our viewers or listeners to, to read what we've written too? I, I didn't want to go too in depth. No, I, I, no, I don't, I don't, I think it's a hard road. I mean, I, I don't think I, I, we've mentioned this before. I don't think Gonzaga prep should be a six seed. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate for Moses Lake to be this high of the seed and at, a, at an 11 seed. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's a tough road. I think this is, this is a Gonzaga prep team with a senior quarterback and experienced coach. It's on a mission. They might be a little irked by the seating. They're at home. Um, I, I think they're going to win by a couple touchdowns, but you know, Brett J fantastic job. I love what he does. I love the I love his chessboard. I love his game night chessboard and the things he's willing to do uh, in game to adjust to what a defense is doing. He's a bright young coach, and um, I think this is it's a, it, it it says more about the where this program is starting and where it will go. Uh, I don't think they win Friday, but I think this is a team that we're going to see in the playoffs year in and year out. Who knows, man? Maybe we'll see them in a home playoff game here pretty soon. It takes a lot of trust with your offense or with your coordinating staff and your coaching staff to be able to take the game plan going in and at halftime completely scrap it and say, we're going with something completely different. It takes trust in the head coach and their direction. And, you know, there there's, it's a two way street there, you know, and, and that's, that's something that, you know, I think that top down leadership from, from Jay, I know we, you know, we've heaped a lot of praise on him, but it's, you know, it's not just him. It's the personnel, it's the coaching staff, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be a great story. They just you're right. It's it's too bad they have to run into that triple option offense that's led by a kid who was born to run it in Ryan McKenna. So jumping across the state, number fourteen Richland goes and takes on three seed Lake Stevens. Lake Stevens may be down its quarterback, but they got plenty of of guys to plug in in that place, including a freshman last week who had an impressive start. And a four-star running back in Jaden Lamar, uh, who is very comfortable at this point running the Wildcat. What's your score prediction here, Lake Stevens, Richland? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, Andy. And um, Elijah Rodriguez and company on that along that defensive line has to be disruptive in this game. Has to disrupt the Wildcat. Has to make Jaden Lamar go, you know, east and west. Not, uh, you know, and 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 they, you know, he's going to get his yards. I think. You know, Mike Needhold knows that, but they just have to limit his big play uh, capability. Um, I, it, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than people think. I think Lake Stevens wins by a touchdown. I haven't made a score prediction on the site, so I would be coming, you know, I, I, I'm being put on the spot here. But I, I do think it's going to be a low scoring game somewhere in the low 20s to high teens. Um, Lake Stevens wins by a touchdown. Um I agree with your winner. I disagree with your margin. I think Lake Stevens is going to blow the top off of this one, Todd. I think this is the week where we see um, we got a taste of Jaden Lamar and the Wildcat. Uh, we're going to get a whole dose of it uh, this week. Richland has been solid on defense. It's defense. Uh, you know, it's secondary is solid. Deacon Boyce back there, a, a guest on this podcast, along with Rodriguez earlier this season. 
Um, they had just simply have not seen uh, the the type of uh, outside kind of speed around the edge that Lake Stevens presents. Not a lot of teams in this state have that speed. Uh, you have to deal with Jaden Lamar. You also have to deal with Trace Hanks around the edge. Uh, it's a matchup nightmare, even if you have even if you don't have a quarterback. So I say Lake Stevens by three touchdowns. Uh, we'll have to uh, relitigate this one at the end of the week. So number ten Skyview. Hits the road and takes on number seven, Sumner. Both of these teams are, are missing a dynamic piece. Skyview uh, missing Jaden uh, Knapp, uh, running back and corner, who's out with a separated uh, elbow, or I guess, yeah, dislocated elbow. And then Peyton Wing is gone for the season for Sumner, but, you know, both, both have plenty more than just one player. Um, What's your prediction here? Uh, the GSL number two, GSHL number two, hitting the road and playing the uh, vaunted SPSL number two. Well, I mean, I think this is a good matchup for Sumner. Uh, Skyview's big and physical. Sumner likes to play that style. Um, Scott, everything kind of kind of feeds or is fueled by by the running uh, that you know that running attack. Gabe Martin, uh, Sumner does a great job of shutting down the run. Uh, where you can, where you need to attack this Sumner offenses is in the perimeter. Um, that's where they're going to really miss uh, Jaden Knapp. Um, I know that there's a couple of pieces in that passing attack that could hurt the Spartans, but I, I'm looking on the other side and what Bo Carlson can do um, on the edge and with some of his outside guys. Um, the Spurlock kids had a nice two or three weeks um, in in lieu of. Um, of Peyton Wing, um, I just think Sumner has a little more on the on the edge, a little more on the edge on offense, and a quarterback that can do more things. I think the Spartans are going to win again. I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. Um, I think Sumner's going to win by ten. Uh, you know, something along the lines. And don't hold me to it because my score might look different on on our primer, but like a twenty-eight nineteen, something along those lines. Yeah, I like that. I like a one touchdown game. I mean, it's going to be really hard for them to run against this Skyview team. We saw, yeah, Jaden Knapp go down, but we saw freshman Gavin Packer step up in a really big way in his third like big game contributing this season at corner. Had a 103-yard interception return last week against Kamiak. Um, and a lot of credit needs to go to uh, Gabe Martin, like Skyview loses its top rusher, but has a guy that's just built to step in and Gabe Martin. Uh, he's primarily a linebacker. Uh, he's the leader of that defense. And he's he's kind of been like the thunder. I've said it in the past, the thunder to Naps lightning. And, and last week, the question was, is thunder going to be able to kind of carry the load and run between the tackles and show some breakaway speed and had a 67 yard uh, touchdown run on the first drive of the, of the night. Um, I'd love to see a big night out of, out of uh, Gabe Martin, just getting those, you know, four or five yard gains and just, uh, I mean, he's such a load to bring down. So, but I, I like that scoreline. I think Skyview comes up short. Uh, Sumner, I mean, this is still a very good Sumner football team. I think quarterback advantage with Bo Carlson goes to the Spartans. So, you and I are, I guess, both in agreement here. So, number fifteen Eastmont, that second Big Nine team, hitting the road and taking on oh boy, the undefeated four A Kinko champ Eastlake Wolves. Eastlake swept those Kinko uh, those Kinko Crest awards. Uh, and honors uh, in the all league list that came out earlier this week. How is Eastmont going to fare in this one, Todd? Are you taking the Wildcats to uh, to make any noise, or uh, I guess how much does East Eastlake win by? Is the better question. 
Hey, just real quick. I, I, I met uh, Matthew Spurbeck um, from Sumner. I think I called him Spurlock. Sorry. Sorry, Matthew. I, I, you're having a too good a year for me to, you know, um, screw up your name on our podcast, but just wanted to make that correction. Um, you talked about, you know, the shock value of facing, at, you know, better athletes. And I think that's, you know, that's what Eastmont's in for this week. Um, I like Mike Don. I like, he kind of runs a bastardized wing T, um, gotten a lot of mileage out of it. I don't know if the pass game is maybe uh, uh, materialized as maybe he, he thought uh, before the season. But I just think you're going to see Eastlake um, really, really attack downfield. And, we, and we've mentioned it. I mean, Parker Barry Smith's coming off maybe his best game of the year. Um, you know, Will Eaton is healthy now. He is a big guy who can run. We've we, we've talked about all the other weapons on this team. I think you're going to see – I think they're going to let Parker Barry Smith really attack downfield in this game. I think you're going to see Eastlake make three – you know, two or three really big, big chunk plays for touchdowns. Um, I, I think the Wolves – I think they cruise to a, their their first state opening win is the number two seed, somewhere along the lines of thirty eight to seventeen. I have no qualms there, Todd. That's a prediction I can I can stand by. That's something similar to what I would come up with. So let's just jump down to Camus, Washington, where Piala. A, a no stranger to the 4A GSHL in the playoffs at the 12 seed comes down and takes on the papermakers. Camus, of course, with that very well, uh, you know, well-told, much talked about start to the season against four state Oregon powers, all of whom are in the uh, top half of Oregon State 6A playoffs right now. Camus is really glad they scheduled those games now, Todd, based on what they went through and, and what they endured after those games beating Union, beating Skyview. This offense is not perfect, but it has not capped out, Todd. Uh, I talked to Jack Hathaway earlier this week, and he he still feels like there's a lot of improvement. I think the last three weeks we've seen that Camus can control the game on the ground. John Schultz has really come into his own, the senior tailback, uh, as just kind of a you know an every down back. Uh, they, they basically just you know let him ride it out against Union and just kept Union off the field to beat him. Uh, and, and he's, you know, had a huge game over 200 yards against Mount Rainier, but I think, you know, from that Mount Rainier game, we saw Taylor Yanni, the first year starting quarterback as a junior start to kind of air the ball out a little bit more and yeah. Okay. Camus might've had some matchup advantages, you know, downfield. We know that he can throw, you know, a decent deep ball, but just to see that, you know, that confidence and just to get opportunities, Camus has not had any cakewalks this season. Uh, except for maybe battleground, but to, to, to get a, a game, a meaningful, you know, win or go home game where your starting quarterback uh, can really, really build confidence by, by connecting with receivers and, and throwing the ball more. Um, I think that was not only a matchup advantage, but also, you know, a means to boost some confidence. I wonder if the papermakers, uh, we see a little more fire out of their offense, certainly got a tough defense to go up against, but I, I'm taking canvas by, Maybe a touchdown here, even less. Could be even less. Hey, Andy, you know who handed Mount Sy its 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 worst loss of the season this year? Tell me. Wasn't Bothell? Wasn't Eastlake? It was the mighty Puyallup Vikings last on the ro- on the road. 
angry on the road too. So it's it's interesting to me because I I look at this game as a little bit of a trap game for Camus. A little bit has to do with the seating, Andy. Um, if you if if this had come out on the bracket as a seven ten or an eight nine, um, I could have I could have believed that um, just as much as what's you know what the reality of it is now. I think. I think Pialop is maybe a little underseated. I'm not saying that Camus is overseated. I, I, I think they've what they've shown in the last six weeks, um, being six and zero against Washington schools, they've certainly earned the right to be a, a top five or a top six team. But I, I just think this matchup uh, is a, is a little closer uh, than a uh, you know a normal five twelve. Um, Pialop can really move the ball. Jordan Dwyer, I mean, he's over a thousand yards receiving. Uh, I've watched him a number of times. He's a, he's a difficult guy. He's so shifty. He's a difficult guy to deal with out on the perimeter. Um, Ryan Kramer's sort of taken, taking the lead of this um, rushing attack. Um, two big tackles. We've talked about them led by David Yuley who's going to Oregon. Um, a lot of this is going to be on Micah Balzarini and how he manages the game and more importantly, limiting his mistakes. Uh, he did a pretty good job of that against Mount Side. threw for a touchdown over 200 yards. Um, but this defense is starting to really play well uh, for the Vikings. And I think pe- maybe people haven't taken notice of that. So, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a pick em game, Annie. And I know that sounds like I'm anti-Camus. I'm not. No, I think, I, stop, I think, stop it. I think y'all up in the, in the SBSL is a much better team now than they were uh, as the team that lost to Sumner and lost to GK very early in the year. I'm going to still go with the paper makers, but I think it's going to be a 24, 23. I think it, I, I truly think this game is a pick em, even though it's a, it's a five hosting a 12. Well, yeah, again, like I said, I, I just don't think Camus is going to be able to run the ball as willingly as it has the last three weeks, uh, it, which has allowed them to hang on and, and to control the game. Uh, it, that's just not going to happen against this PL defense, this front seven. Uh, so it's going to, it's going to require other guys to step up. You know, there's some, there's some good receivers out wide uh, at Camus, you know, we've seen, and we, I've seen Mark Thorkelson and, and Andrew Caruso and even Zach Blair make some really freaking good plays. Um, and, and that's the thing about Camus is that, you know, whenever you think you've got their team figured out, there's always another guy uh, <laughs> underneath a starter or another guy you might not have heard of. that's going to step up and make big plays. So uh Slight edge to Camus, but, you know, we won't be shocked uh, if Pialop wins this one. Here's an interesting one. Over in the MCC, I believe this game's being played at Lampson Stadium at 4 p.m. on Saturday. North Creek, the uh, late postseason magic North Creek, and, and, and its uh, lead wizard, Kennedy McGill, goes and takes on number four, Kamiakin. Kamiakin, man, just has not, has not shown signs of slowing down. Uh, can that happen? And, and, and is North Creek and its battle-tested Jaguar team uh, going to give them any fits in, in the Tri-Cities this weekend? Well, I don't think Kennedy McGill is going to get shut down by any means, Andy. Um, he's, he's, he's performed well against some of the best teams, not only in Washington and the Kinko 4A, but in, in, in the Northwest and Coeur d'Alene. I, I, the fun, I think this is just a fun game. You look at some of the, the weapons in this game, two really good quarterbacks that can move. And then you look at Rocco Triari, who impacts all three phases. And oh, by the way, Peyton Graham does the same thing. I was looking at both of their, their numbers for the season. I mean, it's just, 
it's a it's it's incredible to see two athletes. Hey, let's just start right there. Both of them are, I I would consider supremely talented elite athletes. And um and obviously we know what Rocco Traore did. They, he's he caught the uh, hail mary last week against Kennedy Catholic to give the Jaguars their first state berth in school history. But Peyton Graham, I mean, I mean, as as versatile as Rocco Traore is, I mean, Peyton Graham, look what he's doing, Andy, quarterback, running back receiver, kicking, um, returner, safety. I mean, there isn't, I don't think there's a weapon in any classification at any level in this tournament, in any of these tournaments, quite like Peyton Graham. And I think this is a guy, I, I, you know, when I talked to Tory Myers and I said, what do you see on film? And he was taught, he was just going over the athletes and how big they are. And he goes, and every key third and fourth down when they needed a play or they needed to stop, Peyton Graham was right in the middle of it. Andy, that's how important he is to this team. You know, he signed his letter of intent with Gonzaga baseball this week. If teams don't, I, I'm, I'm still finding out teams don't really know a lot about Kamaika. And that's the great thing about being kind of hidden over there in the, uh, in the tri cities. But I talking to coaches over here who might see them in, in the, in the playoffs still don't know a whole lot about them. Um, they better start getting to know who Peyton Graham is and, and, and coming up with ways to, to kind of take him away or eliminate his impact. Because if you don't, um, he's a kid that can really, really damage your season. And I think he's going to have another big game this weekend against the Jaguars. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think, I think Kamaya can wins by a couple touchdowns. I'm going to say 41, 27. Yeah, I, I com- am in complete agreement. I think, I think we're going to, this is, this is the weekend. The state is going to really, really start to take a hard look at Kamaya if they hadn't already, which if you hadn't already, I mean, gosh, when you go and, and do what they did to Chiawana, do what they did to Richland, do what they did to uh, Kennewick, I mean, we're, we're just going to continue to see this year, you know, week in and week out uh, with this team. So heading back to the other side of the state, number nine, Bothell goes up and takes on the Wesco number two, number eight, Glacier Peak. Todd, I was watching Glacier Peak's film from last week and that win over Skyline. Boy, that offense has some dynamic playmakers. I mean, I was really impressed with River Lean and his ability to take off on his feet. Bothell's still kind of figuring it out, figuring itself out offensively. You can never count out a Tom Boehner-led team in November at this time of year. Never, ever, ever, ever. But is this is this the, the last weekend? Does, does the blue train make its final stop? This weekend. Wow. You're probably, I mean, that's, 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 I mean, it's the game of the week in four a uh, it's it, you know, on paper. It's the most evenly matched game. I honestly think the, the, the first team to 20 points wins. I, 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 I think both defenses are pretty good. Uh, you look at that glacier peak defensive line, the Eric, Jacob Erickson has been really, really good along that defensive line, made some big plays, had a fumble return for a touchdown. But this Bothell defense has really started to come on here in the last month. I think it's going to be two defenses shutting down two offenses that that have athletes but aren't really getting the most out of their offense given the personnel. Um, you know, Trey Lechner uh, on the Glacier Peak side, the multi-faceted uh, running back, and then you you look at uh, you know a really good um, um, a really good running back in Bothell and and Bryce Coy. But I, I just the, the personnel and the output right now, just the, whether they're misfiring or it's been the weather or just, they're not 
it's just been a little hit or miss. And I think that's why the defenses um, really control this game. I am going to pick Glacier Peak to win at home as the eight seed. I think they're going to win 21-17. Tom Banner will manufacture some offense. It just won't be enough to knock off the Grizzlies in their first trip to the 4A playoffs. I'm taking the Grizzlies by uh, two touchdowns. I like them closer to 30. Um, I really believe in the explosiveness of this offense, and I'm excited to see it go up, you know, and – and it face a you know a defense that that has been really tough this year uh and so glacier peak needs it's it's uh it's november moment i think they're going to get it this weekend so moving on uh this is the last game in the 4a bracket uh we should probably we should probably hit hyperdrive on, on these picks todd i know we could spend you know four hours talking about this field but we'll just round this out at 4a number 16 kentwood goes on and and takes Graham Kapowson on on the road. Uh, Kentwood has put together a nice season. They uh, they have won some solid games. They they had a, a nice win last week in, in week ten, uh, but just run into a buzzsaw in GK. I don't expect this game to be close. GK has not played a close game all season, and they're not going to uh, Friday at seven p.m. at Art Crate Stadium. I take uh, I take GK by three or four touchdowns. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Graham Kapowson just has too much firepower on, on both sides of the ball. Antoine Lee, let's talk about him a little bit, Andy. Okay, he's really come on in the second half of the year. And Mike Bush, halfway through the year, you know, it must be a daunting, uh, kind of a daunting, ta- a, a daunting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, 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 you rubber meets the road where you're ready to kind of hand the rushing attack over to a ninth grader. And he's done that. And he's and and Antoine Lee is is really responded with some big games. Had a had a crucial fourth down run in the district round victory over Woodenville. He's going to have to have a big game. But you know, I, I asked I asked Mike Bush about him. I, I said, how you know, and what have you learned about him as a ninth grader? You know, with five six varsity starts under his belt, and, and he just said he's he's really green as a running back. So right now he's playing a lot on he's playing a lot of playground football. He's just seeing it and cutting it. He'll make something out of nothing. Maybe the hole is designed to go up the middle and he's breaking it out. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You just kind of have to live with the ups and downs of a ninth grade tailback who has major upside. They need to have they he they need him to have a big game on offense. And that defense is, has to continue to play well. It's a front seven. That's really hit its stride the last three or four weeks under Rex Norris, the first-year defensive coordinator, who used to be the head coach of this program. Uh, but, I mean, we know hey, G- GK, nobody stopped GK. Nobody, and, and it's not going to start this week. This would be if, – if Kentwood were able to, to keep GK to 28, 35 points in this game, that, to me that would be a, a victory. Um, they've done – they did a pretty good job earlier in the year at Bothell. Um, but I just think Kentwood, with so many missing pieces and and the passing game's been kind of hit or miss, they just don't have enough to stay up with GK. I think it's going to be 35 to 14. Uh, GK rolls and moves on. All right, that wraps up our 4A predictions. Go ahead and click through. We're going to record uh, separate mini episodes for each one of these. Uh, so we're going to jump back into the 3A, go to 2A, and, and keep going down. So uh, for SB Live Sports and SB Live Washington, I've been Andy Bueller. He's Todd Millis. Head to the site and the app for our bracket breakdowns and, and stick with us here in the feed and online throughout these, these playoffs.
This podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com slash Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller, as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.